Welcome to Museum Way, the podcast of Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. We're sharing all the ins and outs of the museum, from the galleries to the trails, the architecture, and more. You'll learn the Museum Way of Crystal Bridges. On today's podcast, we're exploring the beyond Georgia O'Keeffe and contemporary art. This exciting exhibition is on view now at Crystal Bridges through September the 3rd. We'll talk with curator Chad Allegood to learn more about the exhibition, and we'll meet executive chef William McCormick to hear about his role in our 11 restaurant and the Beyond Tasting menu. Let's jump into this episode of Museum Way. We're here with curator Chad Allegood, co-curator of The Beyond, Georgia O'Keeffe and Contemporary Art. Welcome, Chad. Thank you, Stace. I should say welcome back, Chad. That's right. Welcome back, me. I'm excited to be back. You know, Crystal Bridges holds a a special place in my heart, um, and my years here really helped form who I am as a curator and really as a person, so... It's a joy to be back. Yeah. So for the listeners that may not know, Chad was a curator here for years, and he actually curated uh, such shows as State of the Art and Warhol and Wyeth, among others. We worked on a Lichtenstein project together. Yeah, we did. So yeah, it's been fun. And I've actually gotten to work with you again on this show, The Beyond. But I want to hear about what your experience has been like working with Lauren Haynes on this project. So um, this is a unique show. I find the concept fascinating, and I'm curious, how did you all get to this idea of looking at Georgia O'Keeffe, who is this huge icon of American art, and emerging artists? Well, it really came out of the uh, Lauren's coming online at Crystal Bridges when she and I worked here together. Um, I so admired Lauren's work. She worked for nearly a decade at the Studio Museum, working with um, mostly artists of color, and uh, and I so valued that, and I wanted to find a way for us to collaborate. And, and she did too, thankfully. So we started looking at the Crystal Bridges collection and seeing ways where we could um, elaborate on some of the strengths in the collection. And we honed in on George O'Keefe, partly because she is such a foundational voice for American artists working across the 20th century, but even today. And uh, she and I batted back and forth this idea, okay, so we could present objects by O'Keeffe next to artists who are uh, elaborating on ideas that O'Keeffe explored throughout her career, um, and maybe interrogating them too. And and so uh, it really started from there. And we we built the show from that initial idea to collaborate uh, across our respective areas of expertise. So you landed on some really kind of key themes. What yeah. are some of those? Yeah. So um, part of the idea of the show is to give viewers uh, an understanding of uh, who O'Keefe was and, and what themes really marked her career. You know, she was incredibly prolific. She came back to certain subjects again and again. And uh, and by the same token, to show that many of those themes and approaches uh, extend into the present day for artists working today. And so, you know, some of those um, range from subject matter. So um, the landscape, for instance, uh, cities and deserts, uh, both of which fascinated O'Keefe. 
Um, yeah, New Mexico in particular. Yeah, well, you know the the rolling deserts of New Mexico, the um, the sense of spirituality and beauty that O'Keefe found there. Um, she felt it was intrinsically American, and she thought a lot about Americanness. And uh, and there are other artists that we brought into the conversation with O'Keefe. Um, who are thinking about the landscape in um, in related ways and expanding it in their own ways too. So I'm thinking about, uh, for instance, um, Cynthia Danyo, whose project Light Atlas took her across the country and she painted 360 little canvases, snapshots of this uh, cross-country trip. A different way of thinking about the expansiveness of American landscape and also a way to sort of comment on what America looks like today. Yeah, these pieces are, are like little jewels, each and every one of them. They are. I, I love the way that looking at that piece, you're like, oh, there's a buffalo, there's a cemetery, there's a barn. Right. You know, there's a there's a city. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's beautiful. Yeah, and, and, and it's expansive, too. You know, mm-hmm. there are 360 little canvases, and they sort of encompass you in the space. And it's a different way of thinking about um, scale. You know, O'Keefe thought a lot about scale, and you see it in her flowers, for instance. Um, where she magnified and cropped these flowers, um, and there are, uh, that's another section in the exhibition: the, the the focus on flowers and and what they can tell us, what they can uh, symbolically communicate, and uh, you know, of course, Jimson weed is the icon in this section, mm-hmm. that uh, the jewel of uh, the Crystal Bridges collection, and uh, to be able to expand and tell a broader story of that painting is a a real treat. Yeah, there's another artist that's sort of featured near that work, Wardell Milan. Yeah. Does beautiful things with flowers. Yeah, and, um, you know, flowers are sort of uh, timeless, iconic symbols. And depending on the context in painting, they can take on any number of meanings. And for O'Keeffe, you know, they were a way for her to... um, They were a response, really, to uh, the kind of building uh, rampage that was happening in New York in the 20s. You know, the, the race to the top of uh, skyscrapers. Oh, the skyscraper age. Yeah, exactly. And and these, these larger-than-life flower forms were kind of response to the machine age. And uh, similarly, artists working today are using flowers in their own way to tell their own stories, to, um, to critique social um, ills that they see in the American landscape. Uh, it's really fascinating. Yeah, Jennifer Packer, mm. um, her philosophy behind her flower bouquets is quite moving. Incredibly moving. She paints these beautiful, small, um, intimate uh, portraits, really, of funerary arrangements that are meant to um, meant to commemorate um, black victims of, of violence in the United States today. So they make a very pointed reference mm-hmm. through this... Uh, timeless symbol of organic natural beauty. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous things. They really are. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you came to the title, The Beyond. Yeah. Um, the The title was a an ongoing question for Lauren and I. Uh, the The thing about O'Keefe is that she lived for so long. You know, she, she saw so much of the American 20th century and um, paid witness to it from her perch out there in New Mexico. And so we are gifted with all of these incredible quotes, many of which you read and researched 
too in your work on this exhibition. And so she said some really beautiful and wonderful things. Um, but ultimately, the uh, this title comes from uh, the last completed oil painting that she uh, did unassisted in her career. And it's called The Beyond. It's included in the exhibition. And um, near the end of her life, O'Keefe traveled a lot. You know, she was an icon. She was a living legend. And um, she was so fascinated by the view from the plane. Uh, she loved the way the horizon line stretched out in front of her, the way the clouds met the earth. And uh, the beyond is really this uh, rumination on the limits of perception and maybe the limits of her own career, right? Um, in the painting, you have this beautiful blue stripe. You've got a blackness, too, and a highlight of white. And together, you get a sense that O'Keefe is thinking not only beyond the realm of her perception, because she, um, at this moment, she only had her peripheral, peripheral sight. She uh, couldn't see uh, directly. Um, and thinking beyond the limits of her own experience. And I think that uh, idea of thinking beyond oneself and um, the ongoing effects of uh, O'Keefe and her inspiration for a new generation of artists uh, really um, boiled down into that one concept, the beyond. Yeah, I really love the layered ideas built into that. should say that she was born in 1887, died in 1986, so she was 99. Yeah. And she painted for a majority of those years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was and at the O'Keefe Museum out in Santa Fe, which was such a generous lender to this exhibition, they have um, objects in their collection that range almost entirely across that, that span of time. And two, in our exhibition, you'll see um, incredibly important works from the 19-teens all the way into that uh, up to that last painting uh, that she painted unassisted in her career. So you get a real breadth at the same time as you're getting this um, in-depth thematic approach. It's funny because we think about her, you know, kind of, as you said, spanning most of the 20th century and the idea of her being in these jet planes, the jet age, mm. she literally was a witness to that. Mm -hmm. So I keep, I always think, imagine Georgia O'Keeffe going up in an airplane for the first time or, or doing these inter international travels that she started doing and what a, you know, what an impact that must make on a visual artist and oh, how they yeah. then translate that into their work. It's fascinating. Well, from even early in her career, as we talked about earlier, she was responding to the machine age in the 20s. And so she she did. She saw so many of the changes that came about in the American 20th century. And in some way, she was responding to those things, even as the paintings read as timeless, even as she was attracted to uh, the desert and floral forms and um, and other kinds of imagery that uh, that feel timeless. She was definitely of her time. So, how's it been working with these contemporary artists? Oh, it's uh, been a blast. I mean, I as much as I revere and adore uh, George O'Keeffe for what she uh, contributed to uh, American art in general. Um, I love working with living artists because they have this spark of creativity and you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> um, so, you know, just this week we had um, uh, Pearl C. Sung, who is one of the artists we included in the exhibition. She did this incredible painted installation and it was assembled here on site. And um, over the course of the exhibition, 
we have the opportunity to bring a majority of the artists. We have the opportunity to bring a majority of the artists who are included in the exhibition here to do programming. So um, I'm excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, in fact, Louise Jones was here mm. painting the beautiful mural that's out in our corridor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were already getting all kinds of um, hits on social media from that wonderful yeah. work. Oh no, it's gorgeous, and I have to tell you. Being a curator of contemporary art, you have to be open and engaged and, and always looking. And so the way I found uh, Louise Jones um, was driving around Grand Rapids. She was included in uh, a, a program that, that they do called Art Prize. And uh, she was completing a mural, huge mural on that overtook an entire building. And uh, I saw her just over there with her assistant and I just pulled the car over and I hopped out. I was like, well, this is beautiful. Tell me about this. She was like, hey. <laughs> so um, that was probably three years ago. And um, and it just so happened that a lot of her work focuses on floral form and it's sort of explosive natural beauty. And so from the beginning, Louise was definitely someone I, I thought would be a great fit for this exhibition. And man, that mural, it's 30 feet tall, you know. It's stunning. And she actually did it quickly. Yeah. Oh, no, she's very skilled. Yeah. She's got that old uh, street art <laughs> yeah. uh, experience. So what are you most excited for with this exhibition, Chad? I'm really excited to share uh, a new view on uh, some O'Keefe objects that they that our visitors may have seen before. So Jimson Weed or the Beautiful Abstraction, very rare sculpture that we have in our collection. Uh, I'm also really excited to introduce you know 20 artists to our uh, public. Um, you know. One of my previous exhibitions that you mentioned was State of the Art, which, you know, we brought 100 artists here on site and um, and were able to do some really amazing things. Um, and uh, I, I want to be able to connect uh, these artists who are from all over the country. You know, they're from Louise Jones is from Detroit. Brittany Wainwright is from Ohio. We've got artists from New York and L.A. and everywhere in between. Boulder, Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, they're all over. Yeah. And to be able to connect uh, folks from all over with the people here of Northwest Arkansas. And then uh, when this exhibition travels. So it will go to two further venues. Uh, the North Carolina Museum of Art later on this year. And then in 2019, it will finish up at the New Britain Museum of American Art. Um, in so, Connecticut. In Connecticut. So um, so share it with all your friends and family who are um, who are in those regions because we want everybody to see the show. Well, I love it. And, of course, I've loved it for over a year. You're biased. On it. Yes, I'm very biased. <laughs> <laughs> but I, always, I have been telling people honestly – if you come for O'Keefe, that is great, but yep. you're going to leave with a new favorite artist or two or three. Oh, yeah. That's um, that's hopefully the takeaway. Um, I've got some new favorites, that's for sure. All right. Well, thanks so much, Chad, for being here. Of course. Thank you, Stace. All right. Bye. This summer, the beyond is within your reach. Become a member and save all season with free admission to the exhibition. See over 30 of Georgia O'Keeffe's paintings paired with the work of 20 contemporary artists, featuring enormous flowers, luscious colors, landscapes, and more. Other member benefits include discounts on classes and programs, 10% off in the museum store, and special members-only events. Join today at crystalbridges.org. We're here with William McCormick, our executive chef at the Eleven Restaurant in Crystal Bridges. 
Welcome, William. Thank you, Stace. Glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you. You're a new arrival to the museum, uh, and you bring a wealth of cooking knowledge with you, and we're going to talk about a little that in a little bit. But first of all, why don't you just tell us what you do as an executive chef? Yeah, so as executive chef of uh, Eleven Restaurant at Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art, I oversee the the food service operation within the in, within the um, in the restaurant. So, um, you know, we have a lunch portion of that. We have dinner, um, as well as some a few coffee bar items. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm excited to put my my local Arkansan twist on you know an already well established food scene. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about your background because it's really fascinating. Um, I'd like you to kind of describe your background and also your culinary philosophy. Yeah, so I'm an eighth generation Arkansan. Um, wow, it's it's pretty exciting, you know. So I have you know grandmothers upon grandmothers, you know, recipes to you know pull inspiration from. Um, so you know, really, it's important for me to represent the ingredients and you know this kind of this region of the country that we define as the High South. Um, so, you know, the high South is known for beautiful black walnuts and, um, wonderful apples and tomatoes. And, you know, there's really this rich bounty of ingredients that we can get to utilize. Yes, indeed. And have you done that before? I have. So, uh, most recently I served as executive chef of Mod Restaurant and Social here in Bentonville. Uh, right. That place is great. Yeah. So, you know, had a lot of fun there and then the opportunity to come to Crystal Bridges opened up and. That's an opportunity I just couldn't pass up. Well, I know that you're trained classically in food. Tell us about that. That's right. So, you know, my, you know, culinary training um, really started at a young age. I uh, attended New England Culinary Institute in Vermont, uh, which teaches uh, classic French cuisine. And, you know, I really like the connection and the comparison between um, classic French cuisine and southern, you know, American fare, right? So you have these kind of low and slow, um, you know, techniques that you apply to this nose-to-tail philosophy of cooking, and you get this really, you know, this really unique, special blend of, you know, other cultures' cuisines. Well, I never had thought necessarily of, of thinking about French cooking, which, you know, I I tend to sort of think of as very highbrow. It's like the Julia Child, you know, the the essence, the the uh, of a the mark of I guess a really accomplished chef would be French cooking. It is, but you know, at its roots, uh, French cooking is you know peasant food that throughout time has you know made its way into defined recipes, and you know, there's certain techniques that you know are shared among Southern uh, dishes and French dishes. Wow. So are you bringing some of that to some signature dishes here? I am, absolutely. So, you know, since we are rooted in French technique, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, have these really great experiences uh, for people to, you know, share with one another, right? So a big part of French cuisine or, um, you know, having these big special, you know, dinners, whether it's for a holiday, a special event, or just a weekly Sunday supper. And oh, yes. Part, part of that is, you know, the, the Sunday chicken dinner, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, something to look forward to all week. And uh, on the dinner menu right now, we have this beautiful um, braised chicken thigh with, you know, this brine uh, and sous vide uh, chicken breast. Sous vide. That's right. Hey, you use a fancy word. That, Tell me I about did. that. So sous vide is a uh, French term meaning under vacuum. Uh, it's drawing inspiration from, you know, the laboratory and the scientific laboratory. Uh, it's a modern nouveau way of cooking that really lets you hone in on uh, specific, you know, textures and flavors. 
And you're also gathering a lot of your um, food materials locally sourced or from the state, right? That's right. You know, we, we look at our, our local climate and we try to be, you know, is there a micro region within Crystal Bridges and the museum grounds that we can pull from? Or, you know, how local can we get? Um, for me, it's important to represent the artisans, um, you know, farmers and farms of Arkansas. So that always, you know, will make its way onto the plate. Yeah. So you've got a rice that's from... Arkansas. I do, yeah. So we uh, feature Ralston Farms rice uh, out of Atkins, Arkansas. And what's special about this rice, we use golden rice. And golden rice is great because you get the health benefits of brown rice, but the ease of cooking of white rice. Oh, wow. So that's featured on our water course, right? So whenever we wanted to feature fish on the menu, uh, we call it our water course. You know, it's a fun little play on words. And, um, you know, the highlight of that dish isn't necessarily the fish that we bring in from, you know, the Gulf or the Northern Atlantic, um, but this wonderful rice that is special and unique to Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, it's one of our staple crops. Historic. It it is, you know, between the rice, the soybeans, the tomatoes, you know, we we have it all. We have an abundant resource of great ingredients to pull from. Mm, You're making me hungry. (laughs) So we just spoke to Chad Allagood, who's the co-curator of The Beyond. And for each exhibition, we always partner with our culinary, uh, usually it's our executive chef, you, uh, for a tasting menu that's inspired by the artwork. Can you tell me a little bit? This is your first tasting menu. This is my first tasting menu. And I would, you know, let's describe exactly what a tasting menu is first, right? Yes. Um, So a tasting menu is a multi-course dinner. Uh, composed of smaller uh, portion sizes, but more dishes, right? So more courses. Um, And for this, you know, it's a really unique and fun process to create these, you know, these tasting menus to complement the the art. Uh, We always talk about Crystal Bridges, you know, our three pillars are art, architecture, and nature. Yes. So whenever we are, you know, defining these tasting menus, what can we pull from those three concepts that are going to help define our, our you know, our food. Um, so do you select from, how does the inspiration work? Do you look at some of the artworks and then you start thinking about um, correlations or or it brings things to mind for you in flavor profiles? or what, Tell me a little bit about your process. Yeah, so, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can approach this. And the way I think about it is, you know, what inspired the artist to, you know, create this art? Um, and then there's, you know, an exact visual repli- replication of uh, the art. You know, for Chihuly last year, you know, that was a fun one to, you know, That's right, to think yeah. about. You know, it's a very visual experience. And then the other one for me is how does the art make me feel? And how can I translate that into, uh, you know, an experience for our guest? Can you give us an example of an artwork that trend found its way into the plate? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll give you the first course for the Beyond Tasting menu. Um, it's a beautiful spring salad with edible flowers and ah. some beets. George O'Keefe loved beets. Uh, and, of course, all the floral patterns that are found within the exhibit really, uh, you know, define that first course. And I, I want people to, you know, be introduced to this tasting menu with, you know, the the idea of this very fresh, light, new uh, floral experience. And she actually produced a cookbook, did she not? She did, yeah. And there's a cookbook out there, and the name escapes me. Um, but I think it's there's roughly 50 different uh, recipes of hers. You know, she was a very, you know, avid eater and advocate for local foods. Um, and, you know, another... Um, dish that is featured is a beautiful mole bray short ribs to kind of represent her time in the southwest oh wow yeah that sounds delicious 
You can check out the Beyond Tasting menu, by the way, on our website at crystalbridges.org backslash 11. So what do you, William McCormick, Chef William, want our guests to take away from a dining experience at 11? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're dining among the art, uh, dining amongst the architecture and in this beautiful natural setting, you know, where you really feel connected to, you know, um, you know, the earth and to share that experience with, you know, friends or family and have this, you know, this kind of laid back approach to this tasting menu that, uh, you know, helps guide you through an experience is a really special thing. So, you know, we're trying to curate shared experiences uh, amongst friends and family. Great. We should mention that along with dinner, Crystal Bridges is open for dinner on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights. want to point that out. But also, during the daytime, we have lunch service, which is a little different. Tell me about what your approach to the lunch service is. Yeah, lunch is, you know, important for me because, you know, it's our busiest service. And that's where I think we, you know, see the most out-of-town guest. And it's an opportunity for me as a chef to, you know, really define who we are um, and give them an introduction into, you know, the, you know, the hospitality of, you know, the southern United States. If we have people that, you know, are coming here from out of state or out of country, you know, let's show them, you know, how beautiful southern hospitality can be and, you know, how it is done our way. Right. And so you play with some stuff. Uh, one of the great things, by the way, for all our uh, friends and, and, and folks listening one of the best things about being on staff at Crystal Bridges is being able to come down to the restaurant at noon and try your specials or when the the menu rotates, you'll try a new sandwich or a new salad. Uh, and it, we really get a feel that you, you, you're playing, you're testing, creating. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think it's important to, you know, whenever you walk into someone else's home, you know, taking the aromas and, you know, the smells and the, the taste, the flavors, I think that's all really special. And, you know, whenever you walk into 11, you know, I want you to be hungry. I want you to, you know, be excited to sit down and have a wonderful meal and, you know, uh, take it all in, have this, this beautiful experience that, um, you know, lets you feel connected to who we are and our region. We're also very health conscious, um, so we have a lot of menu items that uh, are friendly to our vegetarian and vegan visitors as well. Um, you have something special to announce. I do. So um, we are working um, with the Impossible Foods Vegan Burger, right? So what does that mean? So that means that we're going to do a vegan a bacon cheeseburger. Wait a minute. A vegan bacon cheeseburger. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds, it is delicious, <laughs> and I urge everyone to try it, Oh, my right? gosh. Is that even possible? Yeah. So you have this beautiful Impossible Foods, um, you know, meat replacement. Uh, it looks like meat. It tastes like meat. And that's all thanks to a, uh, a um, you know, a product called Heme, H-E-M-E. And that is what gives meat its flavor, its texture, its snap. Uh, so you really, you know, whenever you're eating this burger, you have this, this bacon that uh, is made with tempeh and seitan and... Uh, it's crispy and smoky and, you know, beautiful cashew cheese that, you know, creates this really special, uh, special dish that we can, you know, share with everyone. You know, it's not just the meat eaters that are going to love this. The vegans, the vegetarians, they're going to fall in love with this as well. That is so fascinating. And, and we're the only ones that are using this product. Is that correct? Currently in Arkansas, yeah. Wow. So see, you got to come to Crystal Bridges. Chef William, can you tell us a little bit about the different programs, culinary programs we have at Crystal Bridges? 
Yeah. So, you know, what's special about Crystal Bridges is all the, you know, the programming that goes on and all these special events. What's great about these events is uh, you're able to connect with, you know, people that are really um, making a change in the culinary world. Um, You know, it might be an insight into, you know, beautiful honey or into an insight into the way our trails and grounds team keeps up with, you know, the 135 acres of forest and, you know, the way we are able to utilize that as culinarians. I think that's something that's really special. Yeah. And what I like about the programs, too, is they're diverse enough that if you want to just come for like an hour, like WOW, for example, you can come for an hour and have, you know, this delicious sort of uh, condensed meal. Or like, for example, with Create, you can come and have many dishes, right? Yeah. Many courses. Yeah, with Create. So it's usually a course meal. Um, You know, we just finished doing one with... um, you know, the folks over at the Price Tower, and it was all about Frank Lloyd Wright and, you know, the and for me, you know, creating an architecturally based tasting menu. So that was a, you know, a very special event. And um, Wow, that's fascinating. So they came over here, huh? Yeah, from they came over here. Bartlesville. From Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright was a master at architecture and, you know, really defined that, you know, that Americana and that mid-century modern, you know, beautiful style. And... Um, you know, that was a that was a really fun way to uh, look at food and try to, you know, create food on an architectural level. So if anybody's out there is interested in one of these programs, certainly go to our website uh, and you can look under the programming. Look for Wednesdays over water is what WOW stands for. Uh, create and dish. Chef William, thank you so much for visiting with us on Museum Way today. Well, Stace, I thank you for having me and uh, it's been a pleasure. On July 27th, hear from culinary journalist, author, and community activist Tony Tipton-Martin as part of our Distinguished Speaker Series. Tipton-Martin has dedicated her career to building a healthier community. She is the author of The Jemima Code, Two Centuries of African-American Cookbooks, celebrating the important legacy of African-American cooks and their cookbooks. A book signing will follow the lecture. Reserve your tickets now at crystalbridges.org. Thanks for tuning in to Museum Way. We hope you enjoyed the episode and tune in each month to hear more. Head over to our social media channels and leave us a question or comment about what you'd like to hear on future episodes. Don't forget to visit the Beyond Georgia O'Keeffe and Contemporary Art on view at Crystal Bridges until September the 3rd. I'm Stace Treat. I'll catch you next month right here on Museum Way.